Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day everybody. Time really is running out to join the fourth Amazon Collective Mastermind that Regina and I are holding in March on the 22nd, 23rd and 24th. Uh, this time, of course, in the Blue Mountains of New South Wales. Now, it's being sponsored by multi-currency solutions provider World First and Australian e-commerce accountants, uh, Intrepid Advisory, and now One Stop VAT to help you set up in Europe. So to join us, fee suitor and international VIP guests, including Ben Weber, who stars in this episode, head over to the AustralianSeller.com forward slash collective to learn more. Now, today, I, as I said, I interview Ben Weber, um, who is a total Amazon legend, and he started selling uh, retail arbitrage on Amazon back in 2014. He was driving his truck all over the country searching for liquidations and bargains and things like that so that he could list those products on Amazon and make a tidy profit. With his buddies, they were able to scale that business to about $3 million a year, but they quickly realized that retail arbitrage, the model itself, wasn't a sustainably scalable business. They can't keep driving trucks. So they pivoted to private label in 2016 and things took off when they were interviewed on a popular radio show in the United States. An interesting way to launch a product on Amazon, that's for sure. Uh, they now have nine brands with hundreds of SKUs selling both on Amazon and Walmart. And last year they grossed over 50 million US dollars, which is pretty significant. Uh, amongst lots of gold nuggets today, Ben chats about his latest product research tactic, which is to uh, to buy patents from patent owners and create defensible product lines selling on Amazon and, of course, Walmart as well. So come and join Ben at the Amazon Collective. You'd be crazy not to. Now, don't forget to join my Facebook group. Head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook. Still offering private coaching. Uh, so head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Chris to book an hour session. And if you work for a consumer products brand and need some help setting up or running your Amazon business, feel free to get in touch. I've got an agency. It's called amosphere.com.au. Uh, that's enough from me this afternoon. <laughs> when I'm recording this, let's get on with today's show with Ben Weber. to welcome to the microphone, Ben Weber. How are you, Ben? Good. Thanks for having me. Hey, um, you're coming along to the Amazon Collective Mastermind in March, so we're really I excited am. to have you. Yeah, we're super excited to have you there, me and Regina. Uh, I'm looking forward to it myself. I've never been to Australia, so I'm excited to get to experience it with uh, all of you. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll try and make sure that you see a kangaroo. We may have Norm Farrar coming out as well, and um, it's a possibility. He's uh, He insists this time that if he comes out again, we have to show him a kangaroo so uh all of our guests that have never seen one we'll uh we'll take you to a little wildlife park and uh you can check one out sounds good to me um you met regina i believe in fiji at paul Barron's event um last year I did, yeah. that's it and she was super impressed and thought you were hilarious <laughs> and uh, just said we've got to get ben to come out to australia so again we're grateful for that um hey let's can you give us a bit of background on your sort of history of getting into e-commerce? What were you doing before e-commerce? Yeah, I mean, like most e-commerce uh, professionals, I started out as an ancient history major. Mm -hmm. So just really <laughs> using my degree. 
but uh, no, so I, I was, before I got into e-commerce, I was working with a telecom company uh, mm-hmm. selling Ethernet, T1 lines, phone systems, and writing the contracts for those in Salesforce. So yeah. really exciting work. No. And the, uh, the company that I was with decided that they were going to cut my bonus to zero, which mm-hmm. was 25% of my salary. Uh, which led to me saying, I'm going to work here 100% less of the time now, uh, <laughs> if that's what you're doing. So uh, at the t- fortunately, at the time, a few of my friends had started looking into the Amazon space uh, into retail arbitrage. Yeah. And so they're like, hey, do you want to test this out with us? So I was like, sure, why not? I mean, worst case, I work with my friends for a couple of years, then go back to having a normal job again. Yeah. And, what year was this, Ben? What, what uh, so this happen? was... Uh, end of 2014, beginning of 2015. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. And yeah. so jumped kind of right into it, going to discount stores, salvage auctions, mm-hmm. uh, driving a box truck around the country, buying things, bringing it back, labeling mm-hmm. it, sending it to Amazon and selling it. Sounds amazing. Although it's a bit harder to do retail gr- arbitrage these days, isn't it? As far hey, as I- absolutely. And yeah. that's what we realized as we, so we scaled that to about 3 million, uh, in revenue. Wow. And decided that that was going to be very hard to keep growing at the, at the pace we wanted to. Yeah. So that's when we started looking to private label. And mm-hmm. uh, our first product, we actually had a DJ from a radio show, Find It, decided that he wanted to have us on his show and talk to him about it. Right. Uh, so we ended up getting about 200,000 listeners for that uh, session Wow, And we're like, oh, well, if we're going to do this, we probably should have more than one product for this brand. And it was a paper product, so it was something that was quick and easy. Sure. Uh, but we're like, we better have more than that. We knew we were going on the show in, uh, I think it was, we had about three weeks from when we found out about it to when we were going to be on the show. Yeah. And during that time, we created 14 new products uh, wow. for the brand. in three weeks? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and I mean, incredible. it was easier back then. But mm. they were all, I mean small, easy paper products that we could get quickly. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to make sure that if we we're going to go on the show, we had a brand that was yeah, you know, substantial. Substantial and enough to take advantage of the audience that we got. And it ended up being a very highly successful session. They had us on the show again. Oh, cool. uh, and then they had us do a giveaway at the second session. And the person who got the prize from our giveaway called in and talked to the DJ a third time. So we got three sessions on this show for completely free. <laughs> so if awesome. you're launching a brand, I highly recommend that. <laughs> That's a good way to launch. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is a lot of Amazon sellers, uh, they don't like to reveal the products that they sell. And um, But it sounds like in your case, stuff it, let's do it. <laughs> let's get some sales. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So um, that would have been what, about 2020, uh, sorry, 15, thereabouts, yeah? yeah? So that was uh, end of 2016, beginning of 2017 when we started switching over. Okay. So what, what did the what did that brand grow into in the end? Uh, so it's, it's still going. It's okay, uh, that brand, I think, and we do most of our revenue for it, honestly, in uh, November, December. It's a lot of uh, kind of Christmas stocking stuff or gifts is where okay. a lot of our sales come from. Yeah, uh, and this uh, November December we did about 1.2 million for that brand. <laughs> That's amazing, and I'm, I'm assuming if you're getting 14 new products in in three weeks, that you're probably sourcing from the United States. Is that right? You're not not for that one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we were at the time, we've since 
uh, transitioned to we for that brand we have suppliers in I think Mexico, the U.S. and China. Wow! So how many brands are you actually running at the moment? Uh nine. Nine. Are they nine different seller accounts, or are you running all all nine through uh, one right account? Right now, uh, most of them are on the same account. I think we have it split like seven and two. Have you ever sold any brands? No. No, no, you're hanging on to them. And uh, okay, so you've you've got the first brand out. When did you start thinking about setting up the second brand and what was the inspiration for that? Uh, we found a product and it didn't fit with the first brand and we were like, we should sell this. So we're like, <laughs> well, new brand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were, at the time, very self-taught. We hadn't really taken advantage of the conferences and networking uh, as much as we really should have. And that's yeah. one of the things that has helped us scale and grow faster since then. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, we were just like, yeah, we, we can sell it, so let's sell it. Uh, <laughs> so it wasn't as structured as one might expect. No. Uh, but that brand actually uh, was kind of based off of quantity issues for competitors. Okay. Where maybe they're selling a – there's only a 500 pack of something on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And we looked at it and said, well, people would probably buy a 100 pack and if they don't need 500 – and we can sell it for a reasonable price. Mm. So we were selling our hundred packs for fifteen ninety nine. Mm. Uh, the five hundred pack was for twenty five ninety nine, and right. we were out selling at about fifteen to one. <laughs> that's because really the people smart. didn't need that many. Yeah, and so that that's what that brand ended up being is a lot of similar products where the quantities on Amazon were wrong, and yeah. we just filled the void where that uh, that space was needed. Yeah, yeah. So were you creating a like a you know, creating a family and creating a variation of a, of you know your hundred pack versus the the, the five hundred. No, and no, it was completely new lifting under. So we we sourced uh, under our own brand, so it yeah, wasn't yeah. okay. Yeah, uh, you can't reselling their existing one. It was our own. Yeah, yeah, because I've I've seen a few sellers do that. They just uh, get their hands on some product and you know do a multi pack and they just jump on the yeah. same listing and create variations around that and just piggyback off a successful already successful listing. Yeah. Yeah, no, if, we're uh, too greedy for that. We wanted all the sales for ourselves. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, cool. So we've got the second brand up and running. When did the third one come? Or how did that in the same same way? Was it just sort of you uh, identified another opportunity? Kind, or? kind of the same way. Uh, yeah. Another opportunity. Uh, that one actually came about because we were talking to our supplier. Yeah. And just like, hey, what other products do you have? Uh, we're trying to figure out ways to expand, and we'd like to work with you. Because one, the more stuff we buy from you, the cheaper it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, we didn't say it that way, but I mean, no. that's the the concept is pretty straightforward. The more yeah. stuff you buy, the easier. Easier they're going to be with pricing. The easier they're going to be with terms. Mm-hmm. And so they just sent us their catalog list, and we went through their catalog and like, okay, this fits this brand. This would have to be something new. And uh-huh. then we researched through all those. And that's where the next like two or three brands came from. Was that yeah. uh, research there? That's really clever. Um, what about things like launching those products and getting them to rank and things like that? Like, how, did you get more radio shows, or <laughs> what did you do to do to get them going? Uh, no, I mean the fortunately uh, or strategically, I guess we've mostly focused on the like fifteen to thirty thousand dollar a month range for revenue per product, yeah. as opposed to going after the crazy like hundred thousand, yeah. two hundred thousand. Uh, pipe dream products that a lot of people go after mm. and i mean some people will get there but you're more consistently going to be able to hit on those 15 to 30 uh thousand dollar range so 
we actually were able to get in with just better copy, better photos and mm-hmm. pro like, I mean, proper strategy yeah, and yeah. rank up pretty easily. Trademarks. I was going to ask you about, you've got nine brands. I'm assuming you've got nine trademarks to go along with yeah. them. Is that right? Yeah. So you're just registering through the USPTO and then getting brand registry for the, each of those trademarks and yeah. just applying those to each of the products. That's amazing. So what about the, you mentioned that you've got better photography, better uh, copy. Was that all stuff that you did yourself or did you outsource the copy uh, and the photography? Yeah, we, we do all that in-house. Yeah, cool. So you've got a little photography what, studio with lifestyle. Yeah, and- we have a, uh, started with like a, essentially just like a white background uh, board mm-hmm. and then developed into, uh, we have a full studio room in our warehouse we use for photos. So today you've got nine brands. What's your total revenue on those nine brands? Uh, just over 50 million. 50 million bucks. That is crazy. Um, is that on? Is that all on Amazon, or is that e-commerce as well, or other? Uh, majority is on Amazon. There's some on Walmart as well. So, have you thought about going to other marketplaces, or are you just going to st- stick with the fifty million on, on Amazon.com? Uh, I mean, we're trying to build out our uh, direct Shopify websites more, uh, and and continue to build Walmart, just because we kind of see that as is that a conference? I think it actually might have been Norm Ferrar that was saying mm. this. Uh, but there were something like two thirds as many searches on Walmart mm. as there were on Amazon, and one sixteenth the number of sellers, or something, something yeah. like that. I don't that remember ratio. the exact, but it was yeah. it was a very extreme example. Yeah, and so we're still. Op- I mean, TikTok is kind of uh, come in where that's going to potentially be the true competitor for Amazon as opposed to Walmart. Yeah, but we are looking at Walmart as kind of. Amazon back in its Wild West days where we wanted to see what would happen if we could get ranked up now versus waiting to the end. So that's what our big priority was for us this year was to make sure that we were positioned uh, at the top there in in case it does take off like Amazon. All right. Can can you explain, because I don't know much about Walmart. I don't think I've ever had a guest on the show that's talked about Walmart in any depth. Um, all I know is that it can be difficult for international sellers who are not Americans to mm-hmm. launch on Walmart or at least even get set up or accepted. I, th- I know it's possible now, um, just a few more heaps to jump through. But does it? what's it like inside? Like what's an, a Walmart seller central look like? Is it very similar to, to Amazon? Uh, it's painful, honestly. Okay. Uh, it is. Is there advertising it is in not, there? It is not well structured for oh, okay. getting around easily. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's the same concept. You're clicking. You have your back ends. You have your advertising sections. But it's just yeah harder to get to accomplish what you want to accomplish than on Amazon by a pretty wide margin, which is surprising, honestly, because Amazon isn't that creative for themselves. <laughs> no, they're not. Um, is the is the algorithm the same in terms of ranking products? Is it? I'm no. assuming it's going to be kind of similar. So no. So the from what we've heard from uh, the account manager that they assigned to us, oh, yeah. uh, basically the your listing score that they assign to you is mm-hmm. critical for ranking. That's going to be, that's very, very important. Okay. Uh, and then just the way that you put keywords into it, they don't want you to keyword stuff. Keyword stuffing actually hurts you from oh, what we've been told and what we've seen. Yeah. Uh, they want you to be more uh, mm. readable and easy for a, a customer to interface with the, yeah with the copy. And that actually helps with it from what we've seen and heard. But I mean, other yeah. people I'm sure have, other experiences, but that's what's been, <laughs> what has worked for us. The one weird thing that we've noticed is 
uh, I forget what it's called, but they have a service similar to Vine where you can send your products in and they'll give them away for free to get reviews through their, uh, through their service. Yeah. And the products that we've done that on, we've had inexplicable keyword rank jumps. Uh, jumps. Like going from where we just started a product on there and went from maybe position 150 to position four on a keyword. Wow. And that's caused by the list. You mentioned the listing score. Is that just well, no, this is This was right like as soon as we got the first paid review. Oh, I see. So as soon as a review, as soon as you got a paid through review, their, through their, through their system, like the legitimate review, not uh, yeah, yeah, like going out and paying someone on Facebook or something, but actually going through their <laughs> program. Just to be clear, yeah, no, that makes sense. Of course, um, that's that's amazing. So you, it's a almost a pay to play. So you, that's yeah, yeah, like so the the ones that we've done that on, we jumped on all of them, and I mean, we don't know why, we don't know how long it'll last, uh, mm-hmm. but that's a, a weird. Yeah. Okay. That's a really, that's a hot tip. So how much does it cost to, for this, this Vine review equivalent program? I know on Amazon, you can get your first two now for free, first two Vine reviews for free. And then it's like, I think up to 10, it's about 75 US and and up to 30, it's about, what is it? 200 US or something. Plus you've got to give away the product. Plus you've got to pay the, um, the, what is it? The FBA fees. Yeah. So, um, what, what does it cost? I I honestly don't remember. (laughs) Uh, I, not in there on the day-to-day basis. No, so I've not. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I was going to ask, did you get all nine brands onto Walmart or have you just gone with a handful so far? Uh, we, we have them all on there now, yeah. Oh, cool. So there's you mentioned at the beginning as well that you have a partnership with two other peeps. Um, uh, three other people. Oh, sorry, three. So there's four of you. And and you you guys have remained solid, I'm assuming, th- throughout the yeah. years. Yeah, so we, we actually, we all met in college Uh probably like close to 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, you all sort of got complementary skills. So yeah, you know, so somebody, yeah got someone's for, good at numbers. Kind of at the start, we're able to figure out where people are best suited. So uh, my, I guess, specialization for lack of a better word has been mm-hmm. uh, in selling things and sourcing things. So yeah. finding the products that we want to buy and then mm-hmm. the, the hand of the kind of the copy creative side Mm-hmm. Uh, keyword research and setting up the advertising. Yeah. Um, one of my other friends is uh, handled all of the like the warehouse, making sure that we stay in stock, getting mm-hmm. stuff out the door. Yeah. Uh, he actually was the one who figured out that we could deliver our own inventory to Amazon in our own truck, uh, so we don't have to pay for shipping anymore. Uh, oh which my has, god! Uh, been Huge. kind of a game changer for us. Yeah. That's- um, is that that'd be heaps cheaper than say the Amazon Partner Carrier program, right? So, yeah, to do that. So yeah, you would have. That's what we did. We became a uh, carrier a part- for them. And, yeah, <laughs> uh, we're in Charlotte. Uh, CLT two is about twenty minutes from our warehouse. Okay, so we can use we could use services like the Shipment Maker Pro or uh, ones like that for a while. The placement fees are going to change a little bit. What we can do, but yeah, yeah. Uh, where we're able to just say send it all to Charlotte. Yeah. And then we're paying somebody fifteen, twenty dollars an hour to deliver twelve pallets instead of paying yeah. seventy five dollars a pallet. That's right. Hundreds uh, of dollars, yeah. Yeah. I mean by uh, it's I mean, I think it saved us close to a quarter million a year. <laughs> That's uh, worth doing, isn't it? Right. It's not 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 a, not a bad thing. <laughs> uh 
Yeah. So he's he's and that was a uh he realized we were going to stock out of some stuff, uh-huh. drove to Amazon's warehouse with a van, yeah. talked his way through the gate oh my God. and <laughs> delivered stuff. And then I was like, wait, this actually would probably be better for us to just do as a as a scalable thing. Yeah. Uh, instead of me trying to drive there in a van. Uh yeah. so that that worked out really well. Then the uh the other one has handled our Chinese suppliers. Mm-hmm. uh Mexican suppliers u.s suppliers any supplier uh any supply chain action we have to take for getting inventory in and making sure their warehouse stays stocked so that we can stay stocked on amazon uh yeah. he's handled that any kind of resourcing where we try and find a new supplier because we want to get a cheaper rate or a better product or anything like that yeah uh, he's handled then the the final one has kind of been a systems builder okay where he can go in and look at what we're all doing and be like you guys are idiots you should be doing this <laughs> way better Here's how here's how you can do it, and yeah. so his role has been more as an overseer, helping to push the business forward and to make sure that we are properly utilizing systems. Yes, yes. Do you have any other people on the team? Is it just the four of you? Uh no. At, th- at this point, we have a, f- a full warehouse team, and then okay. uh, some creative people, and then uh, VAs as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I wanted to circle back on how you were able to kind of beg for forgiveness rather than ask for permission with Amazon getting that, that van load of pallets or whatever it was into the, yeah. into their warehouse in Charlotte. So because when you create a ship, did you manage to do that without a shipping plan? Because normally yeah. they assign you a warehouse and it could be anywhere in the US really, right? I mean, it's usually pretty close to where the ship from address is, which I'm assuming is what's going on with you guys. But um, yeah, it's that's amazing that you're able to pull all this off. That's incredible. <laughs> really impressive. So what happens if you do get a shipping plan and it's not Charlotte? Like, what do you do then? Do you just, does that ever happen or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there'll be, there'll be some products they just won't let us send to Charlotte. And so then we'll have to do a normal shipment. you got to uh, cough up, just yeah. do LTL. All right. And then how does this shipment program work? I know this isn't particularly relevant for my audience here in Australia, but <laughs> I'm kind of curious. So what do you do? You're setting up as a trucking, trucking company and booking appointments with Amazon to and times to, to yeah. go in. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's amazing. There's uh, it's, it's actually one of the easiest things that we've been able to do with Amazon. It's required filling out uh, about two minutes of paperwork. Yeah. Uh, getting a truck number that that they could verify, and then uh, proving that we could back into and out of a parking spot <laughs> uh, at a dock uh, within yeah. 15 minutes. Okay. So I'm not sure how you approve that, but that sounds good. Uh, <laughs> send them a video of you backing into a into a loading bay somewhere. You just pull in and like, hey, yeah, watch me do it. <laughs> yeah, look, it's on YouTube. It's got 50 million views. Um, amazing. Good stuff. All right. And then what about getting things from, say, China or even Mexico? I'm curious about how you – are you using Amazon Global Logistics, for example, to ship from China to the US or what are you doing there? Uh, no, most of the shipment we're doing is just through various freight forwarders, either through the manufacturer or through ones that we have connections with. Yep. We haven't really used uh, Amazon Global Logistics yet just because most of what we do, we send straight to our warehouse yeah, yeah. as yep. opposed to sending directly to Amazon. So it's yeah. easier to, of course. Uh, well, they don't really want you to send it somewhere other than Amazon. And we, yeah. uh, like, up until... The new inventory changes that they made, we were running yeah. very, very lean as far as the inventory that we kept at yeah. Amazon because we could deliver stuff the next day. Yeah. So you had that just-in-time inventory delivery, which is really cool. Um, what categories then of these nine brands in? Are they all in different categories or are they all sort of uh, all Kind of all over the place. Yeah. Uh, 
toys and games, tools, outdoors, uh, sports, health and beauty. Gosh. Uh, office products. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got we have a good bit of kitchen. So I mean, kind of all over the place. <laughs> That's just incredible. Um, and then what's it? What about getting products across the border from Mexico? Is that an easy thing to do? Or yeah, um, we again we're kind of t- just taking advantage of the existing people who are doing it. It's not something we didn't want to yeah. reinvent, reinvent the wheel. No, no. And then the where? How big is the warehouse? Like how many square feet? Uh, I think it's thirty two thousand square feet. That's pretty big. Yeah, I don't know what that is in square meters, but that's in the metric. But that it's, seems it's, it, pretty... yeah, it's, it's it's quite large. We use scooters to get around. Sounds like an Amazon warehouse almost, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what I want to know is what you want me to talk about when I'm in uh, Australia. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, we would love you to tell obviously tell your story, and uh, but also just to be able to help out with you know some master yeah because it is a mastermind. So yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm generally the moderator of that group and there's usually around okay. about 20 to 25 people and um, it's really just a lot of people will come and, you know, they'll, they'll be facing existing issues that you've probably been able to solve in the past yeah. and, um, you know, and, and other people have as well, but there's a lot of that sort of, you know, collaborative, oh, I had that issue mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, why I got over it was, but, you know, what are you guys doing about these new inventory restrictions, for example? Yeah. You know, has anybody been able to overcome those and some of the fees? So I don't know, you know, it's just a pretty, pretty, I wouldn't call it standard, but it is that sort of um, environment. It's not sort of yeah, like I, a, that's, I, that's my preference. I like the kind of open conversation as opposed to a strict structured, yeah, uh, you have 45 it. minutes, here's your presentation, then we're moving on. I'd much rather be able to talk through what people actually need and help solve the problems. That's it. Um, we'd love it if you could stand up for 45 minutes. <laughs> I know I can't. If you want me to, I certainly can. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I uh, guess I wasn't in. I wasn't in Fiji. Obviously, um, Regina was, but uh, you know, it's, it's, I think Fiji was a very similar um, yeah. approach to to what we do as well. So, yeah, that'd be amazing. Okay. Trying to think of what uh, what else you should ask me for this. So, we do like when I say we do everything in house. I mean we do literally everything in house. Uh, mm-hmm. We hired developers and created our own PPC tool. Uh, we created our own ERP system for managing our inventory. Yeah. Uh, so like every everything we do, we literally do uh, ourselves. We yeah. use, I mean, there's a, a few softwares that we use to pull into those, but mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, anything that can be done by us, we try and do. So what what about? I mean, let's let's touch on those tools then. So you know, you're using Helium Ten or Zonguru or uh, Jungle Scout or anything like that. There's some of the biggies, or are you just just pure? Uh, it's all going to be in house. We might pull some data in from. One of those third parties. Uh, we will use those for keyword uh, tracking and mm-hmm. for uh, kind of as an addition to brand analytics. Yeah, and then with uh, the, I was just going to say with the PPC software that you've built, there's some reasonably good softwares out there. Did you review them all before you decided not none of those do exactly what we need? Uh, we didn't review all of them. Uh, the ones that we tested, we just kept running into similar issues, and so we decided that we wanted to just yeah pull it in house so that we could have it be exactly what we wanted how we wanted when yeah. we wanted yeah and that would be all apiing into obviously amazon's yeah. advertising platform yeah pulling the data out presenting it the way you want does it manipulate the bids or anything like that or is it just a, yeah. a reporting engine no it, oh, it does all of that it, uh, gosh have you thought about selling that software or subscribing we have uh, yeah. it is 
it's something that I think we will eventually do. One of the the big uh, holdups that we have with it is we designed it strictly for the way that we manage mm. products. Yep. And to sell it without, like, we almost yeah. have to sell it as an agency where we're managing the ah. things for them as opposed to Here you go. Uh, just offering the yeah. software out because... Yeah. Uh, just because of the way it was built in structurally, it is not uh, is not like other softwares. No, that makes sense. Have you ever considered selling off one of your brands, or not? We, we have, but the one of the things that we have struggled with and have never done, especially well, is social media. Yeah, and with a lot of the brands that we have, mm. social media could be a massive. Yeah, a massive boost for it, and it's a relatively easy, straightforward uh, boost to make for mm. somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, so that's kind of our goal for this year is to build out our social media team and mm-hmm. build, grow our brands that way, uh, rather than trying to bring on new products. Focus yeah. it on building that team and scaling uh, that kind of division. Yeah, and that makes sense. We didn't want to sell any of the brands and let somebody else have that easy money, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, as opposed to us t- taking advantage of it first. Yeah. So that's that's driving a lot of traffic from outside of Amazon, I'm assuming. That's what you're trying to do yeah. from the, the social media channels. You mentioned TikTok as well. Uh, have you got a TikTok shop? Is that something that you're also looking at this year strategically? Yeah, we, we have one set up. We're not mm-hmm. really pushing it too hard yet. That's a hopefully in the next month. Actually, Hopefully by the time I see you in March, that will be uh, be, be being pushed pretty heavily. Yeah. Um, is Does that social media strategy also going to include influencers and things like that? Yes. Perfect. Um, what are some of the big issues that you've sort of stumbled across? Have you ever been suspended or anything from Amazon's platform or had products pulled? Uh, knock on wood, we have not been suspended for anything. Uh, we do try to follow the yeah. rules as well as we possibly can. Uh <laughs> Yeah. But you never know what's going to happen. Amazon is can do whatever they want. Um, uh, I sure can. The I think the biggest issue we ever had was we were suspended from creating new listings. Ouch! Uh, for about eight months, and that was uh, I think that was back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, we weren't using GS1 UPCs. Yeah. They started and cracking down on that, didn't they? So they cracked down on that, and mm-hmm. they didn't tell us that was why we couldn't. So we just kept sending appeal after appeal after appeal, trying to figure out what the actual problem was because they wouldn't tell us what it was. Uh, And then we eventually stumbled across that and we're like, oh, (laughs) and got a different response to the appeal and followed up with that by having everybody in the warehouse and everybody who worked for the company sign a document saying that they'd been trained to use GS1 UPCs as part of our... uh, Yeah, it's sort of systems. and our new. Yeah. This is our plan to have it never yeah. have our plan of action to have it never happen again. Yeah. And within five minutes of sending that, they're like, "You can congratulations, you can create listings again." <laughs> Just make you sure you told us this seven months ago. We would have <laughs> not. But, yeah, because it's just for, a huge waste. That's been our our biggest pain so far. It's just a huge waste of Amazon's time too. You know, they're just constantly responding, but not actually telling you what you need to do. I think the whole plan right. of action stuff is just craziness. That whole system. <laughs> It's just so murky and they never really give you the straight answer. 
to to what the issue yeah. is. It's just up to you to sort of put your hand up and say, admit that you did something wrong when you didn't, and then um, you know, put in a plan of action to fix something that you never did in the first place. So right. It's just we, we had, we, it's we're one time selling uh, paper popcorn bags. So uh-huh. these the bags you put popcorn into empty. Sure. And uh, we were suspended from selling those for about a day uh, because they were reported to Amazon as being expired. <laughs> okay. I've got and a we had to prove yep. that mm-hmm. our paper bags yep. were not made from expired paper. <laughs> well, I guess eventually they will break down. But yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be in about 15 to 20 years. So I think you're probably <laughs> right. safe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they were quite that old. Yeah, I love it. Um, my kids often say um, they've got me where I want them or something, and I think that's like Amazon yeah. sometimes as well. <laughs> Just when you think you've got it, it's they right. Yeah, they'll, they'll um, come up with something new. They sure will. The nine brands that you have, what 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 is in what do you see in your when you gaze into your crystal ball for the next sort of five years or so? I mean, hopefully, continuing to grow them. I think that the. The changes that we're making now uh, and have over the last year is just focusing very, very, very heavily on having a defensible product where there's a moat that it's going to be hard for people to come in and compete with it, mm-hmm. where it is truly the best mar- best product in the market uh, and has a feature that is patentable that prevents people from being able to come in and uh, yeah, copy it and compete on that level. Yeah. Uh, we also have focused a lot on buying patents and utilizing uh, the products that other people have created as a way mm-hmm. to fast track uh, the new the product creation. Rather than having to do all the work ourselves, we just find one that somebody's already done and doesn't know how to sell, and then we buy it and sell it. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's so, a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of look at it like everybody focuses on how do I not have to do work after I have the product, mm-hmm. but you can do the same thing before you have the product mm. by just finding some finding patents and finding people inventors who are trying to sell their work so that they can have money to build something else now. Yeah. So is that licensing those patents, those patented ideas, or how you? Uh, we typically try to buy them mean? out, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. And what but does that, that look like? License them, is, license them is certainly an option as well. It's yeah. just one of those for us if we're going to spend the time and money to mm-hmm. rank the product up create the listing, create the photography. We mm-hmm. don't want them to be able to say, okay, it's been two years, the license is up. And then uh, they just take all the money. Yeah, that's that. fair enough. That, that makes really good sense as well. Well, what's the investment look like when you're looking to buy a patent from somebody? How does that negotiation look like? Uh, it kind of depends it on, the, on the person. Um, we are, when we're trying to be cheap, we'll usually mm-hmm. look at patents that are from the like 2017 to 2019 yep. range. Okay. Because so that's fairly- something that was patented. They've had the product. They've had a chance to do something with it and haven't done anything with it. Yeah. And, and so that makes them typically more willing to sell it off for a, a lower amount than it may potentially be worth. Yeah. That's and interesting. so that's the kind of the sweet spot we found because uh, with patents having 20 years, that gives us enough time to commercialize. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And. Be, like some of the, it's hit. It's pretty hit or miss. Like mm-hmm. I had a product where I was talking to them, and the competing product since 2015, I think it came out, mm-hmm. has sold 22 million dollars. Okay, uh, worth of product. 
they were willing to sell the patent to me for $5,500. Wow. Uh, then I had a different product where there's nothing like it on the market. Uh, the owner of the patent had zero sales for it mm-hmm. and had no plan to have sales for it and wanted $750,000 for the patent. <laughs> So like it's, it can be like, you're going to run into a wide range as you're talking to people about it and trying to Mm -hmm. figure out uh, which ones to buy. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes sense. So if you've got a $22 million competing product and a $5,500 buy on a, on a patent that's going to, you know, potentially compete alongside that, that makes a lot of sense to me. So how are you finding these patents? Are you just jumping into Google patents and setting up some filters, you know? Patents lodged within the uh, last so five or six years. There are actually a ton of kind of invent help websites online. Yeah. So if you just Google where can I buy patents, uh, you're able to find a ton of different uh, websites that are selling them. And then what I typically do is I'll reach out to, well, I'll look at the patents that are available there, but then mm-hmm. I'll reach out to the customer service team and say, hey, I'm looking to buy a good number of patents. I know that. Uh, you have ones that are coming in regularly. Uh, mm-hmm. If there are ones that people are actively working on trying to sell right now, as opposed to just posting on the website and hoping for the best, mm-hmm. uh, is there a way for me to get a list of those so I yeah. can find the ones that are active? And shortlisted, yeah. And they'll usually send over a short list of products, and that's what will actually end up going through because yeah. I would rather go through yeah, ones that, that list. people are like mm. going to be responding to me versus ones Talk where somebody I just send a message like, "Hey, your patent looks good. Can mm. you what can you tell me about it?" And you just get no response. Yeah, why did why, why that happens? That's crazy. Anyway, I mean, it, <laughs> once they list it, it just stays there. So yeah. when we're talking about that 2017 to 2019 range, they yeah. may have forgotten that they even listed it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I love the way you guys just sort of. I wouldn't say cut corners, but you just get to the to the meat of a of a problem so quickly and creatively. Actually, I mean, you've got you've done your deliveries into Amazon, and then at the same time, you're also reaching out to the customer service team at a patent selling website and saying, "Look, I just I'm sick of you know clicking links. So just say if you can send me the the short list of stuff. It's really smart." Yeah, well, I mean the the only thing that you can't like. You can't get more time. So trying to find ways to <laughs> systematize things, cut things down yeah. uh, and get to get to the point so that you can save time and mm-hmm. utilize that as efficiently as you possibly can. has been yeah. one of the huge priorities that we have. I'm fascinated by this whole patent thing. When, when is it all going to end? Do you think are you going to sell your share to somebody or one of the other partners or are you all going to make a decision jointly to potentially um, exit or? I think it'll probably end. Uh, and I know, I know my partners will probably want to hold on to it for, I mean, to just yeah. let it grow. Yeah. Uh, I will probably end up selling and moving on to something else just mm-hmm. because I get bored and get interested in other things. Sure. Uh, so like I've, I've been doing some consulting work with other companies already trying to help them out. And mm. that's interesting and fun for me mm. because the, like getting to go into a company that doesn't have systems, that hasn't been focused as heavily as we have been on making sure that time is optimized and yeah. utilizing the best tools and everything that you can. I think it's mm. just fun to go in and see that and help other people kind of get that realization and 
mm. build out their systems and build out their teams and see how they can grow. Yeah, that's cool. That does sound really, really interesting, exciting. I love consulting as well. Yeah, just sort of strategically. On, I don't do any of the system stuff because I'm useless at that kind of stuff. <laughs> but I do love the the strategic planning and execution side of things. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really fun. It's super engaging. Ben, this has been amazing, mate. Thank you so much for, uh, well, a few things. Obviously, spending a bit of time with me today to talk about your life and your business experience <laughs> and Amazon world and Walmart and TikTok and social media and, yeah, everything. Amazing. So there's that. And also, thank you again for coming out to Australia in a few short weeks to, to join us at the Amazon Collective Mastermind. Can't wait to yeah, catch up in wait. person. That's going to be yeah. really fun. But yeah, um, you promised me a kangaroo. <laughs> you're going to get one. You can even eat one if you want <laughs> <laughs> there's kangaroo meat for sale in every supermarket just about uh All right. so it's a very lean meat there's not a lot of fat on a kangaroo um it's yeah. not my favorite it's not my favorite that's for sure uh how do we get in touch with you if we wanted to do that i'm kind of bad at uh any kind of social media but that's probably the easiest i don't have linkedin so uh, i All think right. facebook is probably the the simplest that's easy. Um, I'll, I'm not sure if you've actually joined the Australian Seller Facebook group, but that's I did. my you did. That's fantastic. I'm sorry, I probably should have picked that up. Um, that's brilliant. Well, people can can uh, liaise with you through there and perhaps find you and uh, send you a DM or whatever happens on there. And absolutely, um, sounds brilliant. And uh, yeah, well, look, thanks so much again for coming on the show today. Yeah, happy to do it, and I'll uh, see you in a little over a month. Can't wait. Thanks, mate. No worries. All links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.